Welcome to the Twin Cities Apologetics Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lin, and I'm here with guest Tim Barnett. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, great to have you on. So you're from Canada, which I, is uh, pretty similar to Minnesota in the sense of weather and all it that. Is, so it is. Yeah, we've had some, a rough winter <laughs> at this point, but you have. But I yeah. feel at home. You know, it was four inches of snow or six inches last yesterday, and so um, yeah, it, it feels like I'm in Toronto. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background uh, in apologetics? Maybe people haven't necessarily heard of your work before. Sure. Uh, yeah, just give us a little intro. Sure. Um, well, I so I grew up in the church, um, and uh, but typical with a lot of young people that I we talk to, we end up speaking to. I my faith wasn't very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went through the the motions and going to church every Sunday, youth group every Friday. Um, even Wednesday night, like when the doors were open, we were there. Um, I ended up going into university studying physics. Uh, I wanted to be a physics teacher mm. and high school teacher. So I was in physics and that's when I met people, very smart people who were of other faiths or no faith. So I had a Muslim friend, a Jewish friend. I had a, a couple atheist friends. Um, some people just were, you know, non-religious, didn't want to identify as really anything. Um, and, uh, they would ask me questions. And one day actually someone asked me, Tim, you know, you go to church, and so why are you a Christian? And, uh, I mean, this was, I remember it because it was like an embarrassing moment. You know, sometimes we there's these moments in our lives that you, because of either joy or embarrassment or fear or whatever, you just never forget them. And this was one of those times. And my response was, I'm a, par- I'm a, I'm a Christian because my parents are Christians. Mm-hmm. And which is a kind of standard response that I hear from young people all the time. Yeah. Here I am, though, in my 20s. Um, I'm studying physics, secular university, and I'm giving this horrible answer. I expected reasons and evidence in all areas of life, mm-hmm. but when it came to Christianity, I was willing to say, and it felt wrong coming off my tongue, yeah. but I couldn't take the words back. Yeah. And that actually led me, because of the embarrassment, I got to give a better answer. So I went home and I did what anyone would do who uh, is looking for an answer for just to, to something. I Googled it, you know, mm-hmm. and so I hopped on Google and started looking for evidence for Christianity. And of course, I came to sites that were anti-Christianity, uh, uh, you know, discovered guys like Richard Dawkins, who had, up to that point, I didn't know who that guy was. Mm-hmm. Um, then I discovered ministries like Stand to Reason, who I work for. Yeah. Um, I just, I found William Lane Craig and Ravi Zacharias and Josh McDowell, all these guys and who I didn't even know they existed. Here I grew up in the church and I never heard of any of these people. Right. And I'm in my early 20s. And I, and this is the first time hearing about them. And anyways, I, I just couldn't believe that there were thoughtful Christians who could make a case for Christianity, who could give reasons for Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I was excited. I would bring those uh, reasons back to my classes and where my, and to my, my friends. And, and I spent more time that year studying apologetics than doing my homework, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just exciting for me. It was, um, and, and I had incredible discussions. My relationship with these people developed as a result. And, uh, and so that led me on a path that started me on the path to doing what I do now. I went into teaching, went to teacher's college, continued to love apologetics, have great discussions with unbelievers there. And, um, and then when I started teaching, I, I thought, you know what? I could teach this apologetic stuff at churches. So I contacted churches, mm-hmm. got the feelers out there. Um, it turns out we're going to talk about this. Not a lot of churches are friendly to apologetics. 
Um, so I didn't get a lot of response back, you know, oh, sure, come, Tim, speak on science and faith, speak on truth, speak on... They, it, there was very few people that would, would have me um, speak at their church, which is, uh, which we're trying to change all that. And so anyways, uh, it just, tra- it, it, it got to the point where I was getting so many invitations to speak in Canada that um, we had to make a decision. Are we going to keep doing teaching high school or am I going to move into this ministry and end up going to get a master's degree in philosophy at the same time when we transitioned and here I am today, full time, stand to reason, traveling Canada, U.S., um, virtually every week, um, speaking on these kinds of issues, defending the faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an incredible story. Of, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And this is what, and I want your listeners to hear this. Here mm-hmm. I am, just a guy in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. You know. And what ended up happening was I didn't tell this part of the story, but um, I ended up doing an event that uh, I don't know if I was getting paid to do it. It was just one of these, like, like volunteered to do this event. Sean McDowell was the keynote speaker. Hmm. It was at a teacher's convention. And I, I ran up to Sean and when I saw him there and said, you need, can you please come hear me speak? I'd love to get your feedback. Yeah. And that was the, um, God used all of this to introduce me to Stand to Reason. And, and so that, it's just really cool to me that when you bloom where you're planted, and this is something Greg Coco, my boss, he says on a regular basis, take what you know, where you're at, bloom where you're planted. Yeah. God will use that. And he used it in my own life. And, and what ended up happening from there, I couldn't have in my wildest dreams thought that I would one day work with Alan Schliemann and, and, and Greg Kokel and Brett Kunkel and be at a conference with Jay Warner Wallace and all of these things. Not in a million years. Mm-hmm. Four, five years ago, I didn't know any of these guys, you know, yeah. um, personally. And now I, and now I've been, you know, kind of in this world for a number of years. So it just goes to show, you know, there could be someone listening to this thinking, man, I just want to have an impact Mm -hmm. and just be careful because if you say, God, use me, he might just use you and he, you don't know where your life's going to go from there. Yeah. Yeah. True story of taking things step by step and and trusting God with the process. So that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. So when you do these talks at, we used to do them in in those churches in in Canada and now you toward the country in a sense uh giving these talks yeah you talk about things that give the case for christianity yeah and and we're going to get into the the idea that you're really focusing on giving the case for the case yeah. for christianity yeah. which what does that mean we'll, we'll get into that sure but first i want to start with the case for christianity like yeah. how would you describe that phrase like sure. what exactly is involved in that sure so when i describe that kind of making the case or defending the faith um what, what we're talking about, um, and this is how I explain to students, I want you to think of a lawyer who gets up in front of a judge and a jury. And what they're going to do, just as they make a case for their position, mm-hmm. this is what we do. Um, but we're not trying to, you know, get someone convicted or whatever. What we're trying to do is show the veracity or truthfulness of Christianity. And so that's going to be from a di- number of different areas. We want to show that truth exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. If there's no truth, then Christianity can't be true. And so we're going to argue for objective truth. Uh, We're going to argue that it's true that God exists. If there is no God, Christianity can't be true. So we argue that. uh, We argue for the reliability of the Bible. We argue for the deity of Christ. We argue for the resurrection. These are things that we don't just assume. Mm -hmm. I was taught these things. um, These, the what, the here's what you believe as a Christian, um, you know, early on. 
and you, some, maybe in Sunday school, but I was never taught the why. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God. You know, you ask my five-year-old, she will tell you Jesus is God because that's what her daddy told her, right? <laughs> and that's what she reads in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You talk to my seven-year-old and my seven-year-old will tell you why Jesus is God, mm-hmm. okay? So it's not you. You get to the age where here's the what, but now we want to show you why we believe that, why we believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. And this is what we do. I'm doing on a, on a, on a weekly basis, traveling the country, um, making this case. I want students and, and uh, well, whoever I'm talking to, yeah. to leave the conference, leave this conference we're at right now, saying, I don't just know that Christianity is true. I know why it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that's huge because it not only strengthens your faith personally, but it's going to be useful when you get out there on the mission field, at your workplace, at your school, family functions, whoever you're talking to. There's people who disagree with our, our convictions, our beliefs. And um, there, there are things that are going to come up that are going to challenge our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them, you know, gospelicals, obstacles of the gospel. You want to share about the gospel? These things come up. How can Jesus be the only way? How can you say God exists? Hasn't science shown that miracles are impossible? You know, there's all of these things that come up. I I thought the Bible's full of contradictions. And we're able to give a response to those things. So making the case, just simply put, is we are giving arguments and evidence. We're giving reasons for what we believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks, yeah, for that helpful description. And and I definitely identify with a lot of your story. I, I personally got into this area of apologetics because I've grown up in the church, but then coming to a point where I was challenged yeah. online with, pe- with people saying things like, Jesus never existed, sure. stuff like that. And, and they hear that out in, in the culture, even in just everyday conversations sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? This is, and this goes to another point. One of the things we do at Stand to Reason is we'll do the atheist role play. Mm-hmm. And the reason, I mean, why would a Christian pretend to be an atheist and quite literally, you know, beat up the students, not physically, but, but spiritually, we beat them up. Uh We give them arguments, some of them that they've never heard. We raise, you know, challenges like, um, the Trinity's incoherent or the problem of evil or, uh, Jesus didn't exist, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And why we, we do that? Because it's in those situations where the person is challenged that's what motivates them. Mm-hmm. That's what motivated you to look into it. That's what motivated me to look into it. Yeah. And I don't think we're anomalies. I think mm-hmm. when you look around the world um, at you know the average person, we want to know how to defend what we believe. And, um, and so it's not until they're in those situations where it's your back is now against the wall. Okay, how do I respond? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's one of the motivating factors. That's why we, we do those role plays. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So, we, I mean, we kind of covered this a little bit already, but moving then to, uh, we talked about the case for Christianity. Yeah. Now we're, we want to talk about the case for the case yeah. for Christianity. Yeah. So could you, could you explain a little bit sure. of what that is involved in that or what it means and why sure. it's important to sure. you? Yeah. So, it, you know, we show up at a conference like this and we're going to give uh, the, the case for Christianity. Now, it could be that there's some people in the audience who are thinking, well, I just have I just have faith. I don't need any arguments and evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, why do I even need to come to a conference like this? Oh, that's for those those a certain kind of people. I don't really need that. Right. Uh, maybe it's for those intellectuals. Maybe it's for people who think try to think logically and stuff. I just you know have an experience and 
And so they'll make that kind of appeal. I don't need the case. And so what I found is, especially with pastors, um, when you're talking to them about coming, you know, doing an apologetics event, they ask, well, why would we do that? Why apologetics? And so um, here's where we not only have to make a case for Christianity, but before we can even get to our case for Christianity, we need to make a case for making a case for Christianity, giving a defense for why we defend Christianity. So, um, so that's kind of the, the motivating factor for why we need to be able to make the case. Um, it's kind of like before we can even get to making the case, we need to be able to make the case for making a case. Now, uh, one of the things that, I mean, I mean, apologetics has a bit of a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, I mean, there's books and you go to websites and there's all kinds of challenges to the, to what we're doing. Um, in fact, in 2014, there was a book that actually won an award with Christianity Today mm-hmm. called The End of Apologetics. And it was, uh, the subtitle was How to Evangelize in a Post-Modern uh, Context or something okay. like that. Yeah. The End of Apologetics by a Canadian uh, professor, Myron Penner. He's at Trinity Western. And in his book, he says the single greatest threat to Christian faith is apologetics. So why make a case? Because there are, there are people out there who think that apologetics is a threat to Christianity. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about his book is that his whole book is an apologetic right. <laughs> against apologetics. I was just thinking that, yeah. He is doing the very thing he's arguing against, and he's mm-hmm. doing it poorly, okay? And that's the nicest way I'm going to put it, okay? <laughs> he, he's doing the very thing. It's self-refuting. Um, and, uh, and so um, I know we're going to get into talking about, well, here, so why apologetics or how do we make the case? Yeah. Or why do we make the case? There's a number of important reasons why we do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I think we're going to get into some specifics on, sure. on areas where that is the case. That is important. And why is that? So I want to take a little break before we get to that. And yeah, thanks for the conversation so far today. Did you know seventy-five percent of young people leave the church upon entering college? How can we keep our young people engaged with the church and with the Christian worldview? This is where Rethink two thousand nineteen comes in an exciting student apologetics conference coming to Minneapolis this November. There, top apologetics speakers will train young people to address the challenges to faith they will face as they move into college and beyond. For more information about this conference put on by Stand to Reason, check out the events section of our website, TwinCitiesApologetics.com. That's TwinCitiesApologetics.com. Welcome back to the Twin Cities Apologetics Podcast. Uh, again, I'm Jeremy, and I'm here with Tim Barnett. Uh, and he's from Stand a Reason. He told his story the first part of this uh, podcast. So, Tim, right before the break, we talked about the the idea of making a case for the case of Christianity. What's yeah. all involved in that? That people don't think this area of, of apologetics is effective, or in some cases, might think it's harmful yeah. to the church and the Christians. Yeah. So um, let's look at some different areas that you actually wrote about in, in a, your recent work uh, where it points us to the idea that it is important to make the case for yeah. the case. Like, why do we need to do this? Yeah. So 
One area you talk about is that the Bible commands mm -hmm. make, for making the case. So can you explain a little bit of what, of what you mean by that? Sure. And so uh, we're looking at you know reasons for why apologetics, why we should make the case. Well, one of the clearest things, I think, is well, the Bible, if the Bible commands it, then we should do it. And, if, and that means if the Bible commands it and we don't do it, there's consequences. We're actually disobeying God's commands. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out when you go to Scripture, um, there are numerous passages that explicitly teach that we should be doing apologetics. We should be giving a defense or a reason. So one of the yeah. typical passages um, I have here up on my, on my computer, 1 Peter 3.15, um, says in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. It says, always be prepared to make a defense. That word defense is apologia, which um, means a formal defense or answer of one's position. So this would be kind of like a lawyer in a courtroom, like we talked about. Um, so make a defense to anyone who asks you. So the people are asking um, you for the reason, for the hope that is in you, and then do this with gentleness and respect. And so it turns out, the context of this, you know, you have Peter, he's writing to Christians in Asia Minor, and these are under intense persecution. This is what First Peter is all about. And, um, and so what Peter's saying is, be prepared when you're suffering. People are going to ask you questions like, why are you going through all this? Like, wh what is your reason for holding to being a Christian? Um, and so here's where we give our defense. And I'm sure at that time they would have, you know, made a defense for the resurrection. They would have talked about eyewitnesses. They would have talked about the deity of Christ. They would have given a formal defense. Mm -hmm. That word apologia shows up um, in the New Testament eight times. And it always means that. Um, there's actually another text that uses the same word. Paul, he, um, in Philippians, and this is often not quoted. In fact, I, we were doing a staff meeting, uh, Sandra Reason and Greg Kokel. He said he was reading Philippians and he had never seen this before. And, uh, and it, it didn't jump off the page like it did. And it's interesting how you can read scripture numerous times and certain things will jump out. Yeah. Well, Paul says that we are all partakers with him of grace. And it says both in his imprisonment, but then it says in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. That's Philippians mm -hmm. 1 verse 7. You, I think it's verse 17. I don't have it here. But he, again, he reiterates that his purpose, he's put here for a defense of the gospel. Same word, apologia. Yeah. And so that was part of his mandate. But it's not just his mandate, it's ours as well. 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 4 and 5 says, this is one of my favorite passages. Mm -hmm. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, a lot of people stop there and they think strongholds. This is spiritual warfare, so it must be like binding and casting demons and doing all these things. But that's not what this is about. This specifically says, we destroy arguments right that's what we do arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to obey christ and so here the mandate for all christians destroy arguments and lofty opinions there are a whole lot of arguments and lofty opinions today that are raised up against the knowledge of god and our job is to destroy them not the people their their arguments okay and so there's a difference between those two things uh, maybe one more. Um, I really like this passage too. Paul says uh, in, in Colossians, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. So when you're talking with outsiders, don't waste your time. And there's a, a lot of people on you know Facebook and 
those and they are they might be wasting their time. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've been in those threads that just keep going and you're spinning your tires. Mm-hmm. Walk in wisdom. It says let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Salt makes everything taste better. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Here's another um, here's another command. You should be able to answer each person. Mm-hmm. Give a defense. Um, Jude says, contend for the faith. There's another, you know, fighting word. Contend for the faith. And so over and over and over again, scripture is clear. If there was no other reason to do apologetics, just that this would be enough. The Bible commands it. God commands it. So we should be doing it. Yeah. I think that really opens up our perspective because, you know, someone could look at this area of apologetics saying like, oh, that's it's nowhere in the Bible. There's not this yeah. apologetics word in there yeah. when I read through. But yeah. you're showing us that there are kind of multiple lines of scripture that's right. that point us to the idea of need to make a defense that's right. for what we believe. And if you read through the book of Acts, what you'll see is over and over again, what was Paul's custom? It was to reason with people, explain, give evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Acts 17 is just one example, but you can see it all over the book of Acts. He'd go to the synagogue and he would, for three weeks, just, you know, he would week after week, be reasoning with the people. And so this is something we need to be doing. Um, Paul modeled it. He commanded it. Um, Jesus modeled it. Jesus commanded it. Peter modeled it. Peter commanded it. This is something the Christian today needs to be doing. Yeah. So uh, looking at Paul, he had a certain uh, culture that he was speaking to and reaching out to. Yeah. Now we have our our own kind of different cultural situation today. But uh, in your work, you mentioned that actually looking at the culture today, that also points us to the need to be able to make a defense. So can you explain yeah. what, what what you mean by that? Okay, so the first one is the, the Bible commands it. Yeah. The second thing is the culture demands it. And by the way, Norm Geisler is the one that came up with these very pithy aphorisms. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm stealing that stuff. I think it's really <laughs> good and we all should be using this. Mm-hmm. So the culture demands it. What I mean by that is, well, Francis Schaeffer, he referred to apologetics as pre-evangelism. Um, I really like that because it gets that idea that apologetics and evangelism are connected to each other. The reason we're not just trying to win an argument for the sake of winning an argument. We're trying to see that person come to know Christ and they may have these hangups or these obstacles in the way. And so we're responding to them. So it's pre-evangelism. Turns out our culture is deeply saturated in all kinds of philosophies. Relativism. There is no truth. Pluralism. Religious pluralism says there's no religious truth. Um, naturalism says there's no supernatural truth. This is, this is the culture that our young people especially are swimming in. They're like fish. They don't even know they're wet. They're in this. They don't know the names necessarily of these philosophies, but they're influenced by them. And that's why they'll say things like, who are you to force your morality on me? That's moral relativism coming out. Uh, they'll say things like, how can Jesus be the only way? That's religious pluralism coming out or some form of it, okay? And so um, they're influenced by these philosophies. So here's where apologetics comes in. What we can do with apologetics is we can refute some of these false philosophies that are in the way. Um, we can, uh, so we can, re- we can refute these philosophies. We can answer the challenges that are, are, are being raised against the knowledge of God. So I'm talking with a skeptic or an atheist they may ask me a question. You brought it up. They might say Jesus never existed. Here's where I need to be able to make that the argument. 
show them that this is a bad argument. Okay, this is equivalent to like, this is worse than the flat earth people. Okay, scholarship shows that, I mean, I was listening to Bart Ehrman the other day. Bart Ehrman is no friend to the Christian as far as his beliefs go. He is a, but he is a scholar in the field. And he said, no serious historian, no serious historian says that Jesus never existed. Yeah. It, that, that's a huge statement coming from the atheist. Oh, side. of course. Yeah. If you can use, it's one thing for, you know, some of our buddies, Christian scholars to make those claims, uh-huh. but to have a guy like Bart Ehrman, who is trying to refute Christianity, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's writing books off uh, on, on these issues. And uh, so he's not friendly. It's kind of the enemy testimony. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we need to be able to respond to those, those challenges. Um, so the culture demands this kind of thing. If we, we can't just, in this culture today, you can't just walk up and say, well, the Bible says so. You should be a Christian because the Bible says so. Um, that's not going to catch you very far. right? Uh, not in the culture we live in with technology advancing where people can hop online and just, and all this information at their disposal, these challenges. You know, my eight-year-old niece goes to a Christian school, you know, She's already starting to see some of these, I don't know, you know, how if it's friends or whatever, but these kind of challenges about mm. God's existence and that kind of thing. And, uh, and we need to be able to stand up and say, here's, here's the response. Yeah. 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 That, that's pretty crazy because maybe parents who have kids in that yeah. age range, they're not thinking, oh, my child's faith is going to be challenged sure. in the course of being at a Christian school, let's say, sure. or, even, or at a church. But especially, sure enough, these conversations can come up even yeah. in those contexts. Especially when they're when they're that young, mm-hmm. um, we think you know it's going to be university where they're going to be challenged. Right. The best research we have says it's not university anymore. It's be it's because you can be exposed to a, a professor like Richard Dawkins without going to his class. Mm-hmm. Just go on YouTube. This is the YouTube generation. Yeah. They're watching these guys or the kind of arguments that they make. They're seeing them in memes, in YouTube videos, mm-hmm. in Instagram, in Snapchat, and all these different social media platforms. And so we need to be able to, to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that really speaks to the question, too, of, of, again, parents, let's say some parents might say, oh, in the church, we should be teaching kids the Bible, you know, reading the Bible, yeah. knowing the stories. Yeah. Like, what would you say to that sort of thing? Like. In, in, in the church like why do, why do we need to focus on apologetics can we just focus on reading the bible yeah and we need to, i mean don't get me wrong i don't think it's an either or yeah um we need to read the bible mm-hmm. um i believe it's god's word but here's the thing we need to be able to tell our kids that why it's why we think it's god's word why we think it's a supernatural book mm-hmm. why it's not a, an ordinary book like all the other books out there okay yeah. um and so we need to be able to give a, a reason to those questions it's not enough today to just say, well, just read it. Those, so these questions, we need to have a foundation. Um, and what apologetics does, it helps build that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to talk about the word of God, the son of God, salvation from God, you know, all these different things that Christians like to talk about, there has to be built on a foundation But there is a God that exists that can have a word and can have a son and all these things, right? And so we need to be able to, that's why it's essential. Every Christian should be able to give good arguments and evidence for God's existence. Um, It's not enough just to say, well, I believe it. 
or the Bible, the Bible says that I believe it, that settles it, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. That may settle it for you. That's not going to settle it for your kid. That's not going to settle it for your grandchild or your nephew or whoever. Yeah. Um, it's, that's, it's, it's just a matter of time for that person. Here's a challenge and they're going to be persuaded by that challenge if they have no response against it. Um, you know, we need to, if you can't, I like to say this, if you can't give a, if you can't give a, a reason for your faith, then you won't be able to give any reasons to your doubts, right? Mm-hmm. And the doubts come and the, the um, most uh, serious doubter that any person's going to come across is really themselves because there are going to be seasons where life is going to be hard and uh, you're, going to, you're going to have these questions come up and you need to be able to answer them for yourself. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, a lot of great stuff to think about. Yeah. So we talked about three areas of why we need to make the yeah. case uh, for the case for Christianity. And that's the Bible commands it. Yeah. The culture demands it and the church needs it. The church needs it. That's yeah. right. And this, I mean, this is similar to what we were just talking about, not yeah. just for outside the church, mm-hmm. the pre-evangelism. I call this, and I'm pretty sure I invented this term. I've never heard anyone use it, but we should start using it post-evangelism yeah so it's not just pre-evangelism it's post-evangelism for those in the church there are christians who you know are listening to this and they're going to face doubts those things those challenges don't end when you become a christian Mm -hmm. in fact i would argue they some of the times they intensify and we need to be able to respond and so some of the best research we have says that um young people grow up in the church uh between 50% and 70%, something like that, walk away from the church. Some return later in life, um, but this is, I mean, this is catastrophic. How can this be happening? Now, I'll tell you what the reason is. One of the reasons, the main reason, is because of intellectual doubt and skepticism. When you look at the studies that have been done, and there's been numerous studies, you have things like, it was, there was doubts. And nobody was giving answers to those doubts. We should be encouraging our students, our young people, to raise questions. Mm-hmm. This is a safe place to ask questions. Look, if Christianity is true, we have nothing to fear. And so uh, the problem is most people in the church can't answer the question. So that's why they try to suppress them, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's doubt. Questions about science and faith. That was another top one. The top six reasons uh, were isolationism. The church is too isolated. They don't, um, they're not interacting with the culture and the philosophies of the culture. Yeah. Isolationism, that's true. A lot of Christian uh, churches and Christian schools become like little islands. Don't teach us Darwinism. Don't teach us this. Don't teach us that. No, we, you know, my girls, I want them to know evolution better than the evolutionists know evolution, okay? Because I don't want them to be isolated. I want them to be inoculated. Okay, isolation was the first thing. They said shallowness. Bible teaching is too shallow. They actually want more, but they're not getting more. We spend too much time entertaining our youth instead of educating our youth, okay? Shallow. Science and faith was number three. They think science and faith are incompatible. That's totally bogus, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend a lot of time talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sex, sex issues. That's, uh, that's a, a big one. Um, we need to be able to answer those issues. Transgender, homosexuality, compassion, truth. How does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, doubt is in there as well. And so um, 
we need to be able to respond to our kids' greatest challenges. Yeah. And it turns out a lot of those challenges are apologetic challenges. Yeah. So we have answers to those. Yeah. So let's say kind of for a last kind of practical takeaway yeah. from what we talked about. Um, let's say someone is convinced by your case for making the case for Christianity, saying yeah. this is important to let people know that yeah. it is important to make a defense for our faith. What is what would you what would you say is the main step someone can take to start making this case, whether it's to their church or sure. just people in their lives? Yeah, that's a good question. I would um, what I would do if they want to put. I mean, they don't have to put together a presentation. Mm-hmm. I've done that, and I'm ready to go to, from church to church and and do that. But what yeah. I would do is, if I'm attending to ch- a church, I'd sit down with the local pastor mm-hmm. and say, "Look, at, here are these reasons why we need to do apologetics. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know." So you're so just do it. Just make the case and see what they say. Um, that would be a good place to to start um, with your family. Maybe make the case with your family for making the case. Mm-hmm. Teach them that they it's important that they have the reasons for why we should be giving um, arguments and evidence. Um, start early so that they so are we we understand um, we understand the importance of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of great resources out there that helps us uh, have these reasons in mind as we, sure. we tell people. So there's uh, Forensic Faith, Jay Warner yeah. Wallace's book, which yeah. really gets deep into this topic. Yeah. And you have uh, an article or two on standard reasons sure. about this topic as well. Yeah, it's yep. just if people search why apologetics on Stand to Reason's website, str.org, they'll find it. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of great stuff that we covered today. So thanks for talking through all that, Tim. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, yes, we will see you next time on the Twin Cities Apologetics Podcast. Mm -hmm.